At this time, I'm just going to ask uh, Pastor James to give us the Easter sermon today. Um, I think it's a good change. I think the uh, past 12 years I've been giving similar Easter messages, and so it will be a great opportunity to hear from another pastor uh, an Easter Sunday message. So please give him her full and undivided attention as he preaches God's word. Thank you, Pastor Francis, and uh, again, uh, hello to everyone. Good morning and um, happy Easter. Uh, one of the things that I like to do on Easter Sunday when, when I have the uh, privilege to preach is I ask the congregation to look at one another and say, he is risen. And uh, obviously, we unfortunately are not able to be together uh, in person, but uh, if you are with someone next to you, I think it'd be great if you just take an opportunity to look at maybe your family members and say he is risen because Christ is risen. And that is such a beautiful, powerful statement that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, obviously on Good Friday, he, he went to the cross. He, he died the death that we deserve. He went through the hell that we deserve. He was forsaken for us. He was the sacrifice on the cross and he, he suffered, he died, but not only did he die on Sunday morning, he rose again on the Lord's day, on Easter Sunday, on Resurrection Sunday, he rose again. And that is such a beautiful, awesome, wonderful thing. And we just, and we praise the Lord and we, we give him glory. And so, it's such an awesome privilege we have today as a church, even if you can't come together in person, to be able to come together as, as the body of Christ through uh, this online worship service as we think about how awesome it is that our Savior, Jesus Christ, he died for us, but he also rose again. Let me pray for us as we continue uh, in this time. Father, we thank you that we are able to be here together as a church family to worship you on this Easter Sunday, on this Resurrection Sunday, on this day that Christ rose again. Lord, as we say words like he has risen, Christ is risen. As we think about all that you have done for us, Lord, we pray that we would just respond with worship unto you that we will give you glory, that we will be encouraged, we will be blessed, and that we will be so excited to proclaim your message, to share our testimony, to share our testimony about who Christ is, what he has done for us. And Lord, we pray that we could just be so encouraged and blessed today and we would just respond with worship, praise unto you. We thank you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as we continue in our worship, obviously, as we think about this Easter Sunday, 1 Corinthians 15 is commonly referred to as the resurrection chapter, where we see, you know, Paul writing about Christ's resurrection. We see him talking about how, you know, the believers, uh, there will be a resurrection uh, when Christ returns, where our perishable bodies will be no more, we'll have imperishable bodies and it's a it's a beautiful thing and i think sometimes we have to remember that what easter sunday is all about it is about the resurrection 
of Christ. Uh, we can get caught up sometimes with other things. We can forget, you know, what, what is Easter? You know, maybe people have spring breaks and they have vacations at times. Probably not this year so much about going away. Uh, we might be thinking about, you know, maybe going to uh, Easter egg hunt and things like that. And, you know, these are all, that's, that's great. But what is today truly, ultimately about? It's about our Savior, Jesus Christ, who died on Good Friday but rose again on this Easter Sunday. It is such a beautiful thing. And Paul, in this passage, he's talking to the Corinthians, to the Corinthian church, and there were people who did not believe in the resurrection of the body. Uh, we, you know, we confess our faith together every Sunday, and we, we, we say the things that we believe in. We, you know, we confess that together, and we believe in the resurrection of the body. We believe that all Christians, that, that, that we will, there will be a resurrection where when Christ returns, that we will no longer have these perishable bodies, and even those who have died, that we will have imperishable, these glorious bodies, and we believe in that, but there were those who did not believe in this. And so Paul, in our passage today, is he is addressing that. And that's why he says in verse 12 of our passage, now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? He's saying there are some of you who don't believe in the resurrection of the dead. How can you not believe that? when you know that Christ was raised from the dead. And then he says in verse 13, but if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. That's a strong statement. He's saying, if you don't believe in the resurrection of the dead, then not even our Savior rose from the dead. Not even our Savior has been raised. And if that is the case, then that's, that is terrible because without the resurrection, what we believe would be meaningless. Without the resurrection, if Christ didn't rise from the dead, then what would be the point of Christianity? What would be the point of believing in Christ as our Lord and Savior? And that is really the argument that Paul wants to make. He wants to remind us of who Christ is, his death, but also his resurrection. And as he talks about Christ's resurrection, he shares a few things about what would happen if Christ didn't rise from the dead. And I think today I want to really look at this passage because obviously we know, we know as a people of God that Christ did rise from the dead. We can say to each other this morning, he is risen because he did rise from the dead. And so when Paul talks about what are some of the things that would happen if Christ didn't rise from the dead? We can flip that. And we can say, you know what? Because Christ did rise from the dead, these are the blessings that we have. And the first thing I want to look at is that our faith, our Christian faith, it is not futile. Our Christian faith, it is not vain. Verse 14 of our passage, Paul writes, and if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith 
is in vain. In verse 15, he kind of continues that thought and says, we are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. Later, later on, verse 17, Paul writes again, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you will still be, and you are still in your sins. And he's making it clear. If Christ didn't rise from the dead, if there is no resurrection of Christ, then our faith is pointless, it's meaningless, it is vain, it is futile. If Christ was not resurrected, and all we believe is wrong. He even says here in verse 15, we are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. You know, I was looking at this passage and I realized when also when Paul writes that our preaching is in vain, that my whole life will be kind of would be kind of pointless, right? It would be kind of pointless if Christ was not raised. I think about the years I spent in seminary, studying, struggling, and trying to learn, trying to grow to be a more effective pastor, to be able to preach the word of God and counsel and shepherd. And what would be the point of that? What would be the point of preaching every Sunday or whenever the opportunity arises, what would be the point of my life, or Pastor Francis's life for that matter, if our preaching would be, it would be in vain. Or for those of you who are listening to sermons on Sundays, or, you know, or maybe even during the week as you listen to, to sermons, I mean, what would be the point of that? It would be such a waste of time if Christ was not raised. Our faith, it would be dumb. If there was no resurrection, then... What, why would we be Christians? I, um, I had a youth group student once many years ago, and he came up to me and he said, you know, you seem like a nice guy. You seem like a cool guy. You no, know? uh, you seem like a pretty chill dude. And I was like, thank you. I appreciate that. But then he followed that up with, so why would you want to be a pastor? And it wasn't the kind of question where, hey, I think it's so great you want to be a pastor. It was more like, why would you waste your life and go in that direction? Why? Because he didn't believe in Christ. He didn't believe in the resurrection of our Savior. He didn't believe that Jesus rose again from the dead. So to him, somebody who would be living a life of ministry, it didn't make sense. I think about a friend of mine who decided to be a pastor. He went to seminary and his father pretty much disowned him and said, I don't, I don't want to have anything to do with you. Why? Because his father was not a believer and he just didn't understand what his son was doing. And I think it took him almost a year to allow his son back into the house. And if you don't believe in the resurrection, if you don't believe in the death and resurrection of Christ and what, that means for us, then faith seems pointless. It seems meaningless. And I remember that day when that student asked me why I wanted to be a pastor. I, I got a chance to 
really share the gospel with him and share my testimony with him and really share how amazing grace is and what the death and the resurrection of Christ means and how we want Christ as our Lord and Savior. How he should want Christ as his Lord and Savior. And I remember hoping, praying that through that conversation, there would be an opening of the eyes. And that didn't happen that day. Uh, but for those of us who know, who believe, Christ not only died for us, but that he rose again. For those of us who believe in the death and resurrection of Christ, who are the children of God, our faith is not futile. Our faith is not in vain. The things that we believe are true. Our faith is well-founded. Our faith is true. Our faith is valuable. And the things that we believe are true because the message of the gospel is true because Christ is true. And we believe in the truth and we know that because Christ died and he rose again. And I hope that we are all reminded of that today. But the passage not only says that our faith is futile, that our faith is, in, is vain or is in vain if there was no resurrection of Christ. But in verse 17, Paul says, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. If Christ has not been raised, not only is your faith futile, but you're, you are still in your sins. That means if Christ didn't rise from the dead, we are not forgiven. But obviously we know that we are not still in our sins, that we are forgiven because Christ has been raised. Now, some people have asked this question, wasn't, wasn't the sacrifice enough? Wasn't the cross enough for the forgiveness of our sins? And it was. We know that Christ went to the cross, that he took our place, right? He, he suffered when we should have suffered. He died when we should have died. He was the ultimate sacrifice on the cross. And because he died the death that we deserve, because he paid the penalty of our sins, we know that the cross was effective. It was an effective sacrifice. We know that because of what Christ has done, we are forgiven. I think of Romans 5, where Paul writes in Romans 5, 8, but God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood. Much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For we, for while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. And the Bible is very clear that because of what Jesus did on the cross, we are forgiven. But the resurrection is so important. Because it is the receipt, it is the proof of payment. Pastor Francis talked about how Jesus said, it is finished on Good Friday. 
right? It, it is finished. The work was done. But on Resurrection Sunday and Easter Sunday, we see the receipt of that work. We see the proof of payment. I remember when I was, I think I was in high school, I needed to buy a couple of master locks. And so I went to a store called Rock Bottom. I don't know if any of you remember that store. I don't, I haven't seen a Rock Bottom in a long time, so I don't know what happened to those <laughs> Rock Bottoms, but uh, it used to be called Rock Bottom because I think the idea was they have Rock Bottom prices, that things were cheap. So I went to this Rock Bottom, bought a couple of master locks. As I was about to go outside, I threw the locks into my school bag. And then as I was walking outside, a security guard came up to me and said, what are you doing? And so I said, I'm, I'm leaving, right? I, I bought what I needed to buy and I'm leaving. And he looked at me and he said, I need you to open up your bag. So I said, okay. And he looked at the locks and he said, you stole that. And I said, no, I didn't steal that. So yes, you did. I said, no, I, I didn't. I said, I don't believe in stealing as if he should believe those words. And so we kind of argued, me arguing that I, I bought it and he telling me that he thought I stole it. And, and then he said, you know what, show me the receipt. And I said, yes, you're right. You know what, of course. And, you know, I was very confident and I looked for my receipt. I was gonna prove to him that I did not steal this. I am not a thief and I couldn't find my receipt. So I started looking all over the bag. I started sweating a little bit. I got, I got really stressed out and he's looking at me with that condescending look. Yeah, you don't have a receipt you stole that thing. And he's kind of looking at me like, you know, kind of looking at a, at a criminal and, you know, and a liar. And he just had this look. And I was just frantically looking in my school bag and I could not find the receipt. And I looked at him and I said, look, I can't find the receipt, but I know, trust me, I bought this. And he wouldn't believe me. So I even started telling him, that's the cashier around there. You know, the last one, over there and she's the one I bought it from. Obviously it was only a few minutes ago, let's go together. She'll let you know that I bought it from her. And I was so insistent that he finally just said, you know what, just go, just go. I don't, I don't know if you really believe me, but he said, just go. And so I, I, I thankfully left and I never found that receipt actually. And, but I remember that day thinking, man, what happened to that receipt? How important is that receipt? How important is that proof of payment that shows that I paid for this. And the resurrection, when Christ rose from the dead, it is proof that Jesus died on the cross, that Jesus died in our place. It is proof that he has forgiven us of our sins because he has paid the price that we deserve. We know that on the cross that he die for all of our sins. But we also know that on the cross, he has imputed to us, he clothes his people with his righteousness. And because of Christ's work on the cross, we are forgiven, we are saved. And it is a beautiful thing. And on Easter Sunday, we have proof of what Jesus has done. Let me read a couple of quotes from a couple of pastors about about this, I like the way they put it. God says that Calvary's cross is the promise that the sins of all who believe in Jesus have been washed clean, and the receipt that it is so is the resurrection. Christ proved by the resurrection that not only 
that he was the son of God, but also that his death on Calvary's cross for your sins is effective. It is the effective receipt, the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It's a great quote. Let me read another quote. How do you know Jesus really died for your sins? How do you know he paid for it all? You know he paid the penalty, that he paid the debt because he was sprung. Sprung. You know he put all of his time in jail because he is out. You know he paid the penalty because he is alive. Therefore, the resurrection is actually God's way of giving us a receipt, stamping it paid in full across all of history. And so because Christ rose again from the dead, we know that we are forgiven. We are not still in our sins. And that is a beautiful thing. But also because Jesus rose from the dead, we have hope in Christ, and we are not to be pitied. If you look at verse 19 in our passage today, we read, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of, of, we are of all people most to be pitied. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. If Christ did not rise from the dead, we are a pitiful people. We should be pitied. In verse 18, Paul also writes, then those, who also who have, then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. He's saying if Christ did not rise from the dead, there is no eternal life. Because those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. And if in Christ we have hope in this life only, then we, we should be pitied. When you look at Paul's life, he suffered greatly for the sake of Christ, for the gospel. When we look at Paul's life, we see a very brilliant, smart man who gave up everything to follow Jesus, who gave up everything to be a disciple of Christ, and he suffered. Obviously, he was thrown in jail, right? He was beaten, whipped. He went through so much pain and suffering. And, you know, it's not in the Bible itself, but we know through church history that he died for his faith. And all that would be meaningless. And so he should be pitied because it was pointless to do all that if Christ has not been raised. And even for us, myself as a pastor, Pastor Francis as well, again, our lives, like I said before, it would be pointless. How pitiful would it be for us to be pastors? if Christ has not been raised. For all of us who are in this worship service, who are worshiping the Lord, who are trying to live a life of discipleship, who are trying to live a life that says, love God, love neighbor. For all of us who, who give of our time, our offerings, our efforts, we want to put our life before the Lord and say, we want to be living sacrifices, holy and pleasing unto you. All of that would be so pitiful. It would be so sorry. It would be so pointless. If. Christ did not rise from, rise from the dead. The hope that we have in Christ, the hope that we cling on to every day, especially through difficult times and even times like right now through this pandemic and how difficult it can be, the hope that we cling to if we didn't believe in a resurrected Savior. Man, we would be pitiful. 
we should be pitied. But here's what we know. We know that Jesus Christ did rise from the dead. We know that on the third day after his death on Good Friday, that on Easter Sunday, he rose again. And because of that, obviously, we know we are forgiven of our sins. We know that we have eternal life that God promises that when we believe in Christ, we will not perish. We will have eternal life. And we know that he has a home in heaven prepared for us. We know that Jesus Christ is our Savior. We know that our Heavenly Father is our Father in heaven. And we are not only just forgiven, we are children of God. We are adopted. We are justified, sanctified. We are adopted. We will be glorified. We know that Christ is interceding on our behalf as we speak. We know that he has sent us the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we know how blessed we are to be the children of God. Why? Because Christ died and he rose again from the dead. And that is the Christ that we put our faith in. You know, when we use the word hope, a lot of times I think we use it very unauthoritatively, I guess to put it, to put it one way. Where we, we hope doesn't mean anything. We say we hope for good weather, right? I'm, I'm, I'm a Mets fan, and so every year I hope that the Mets win the World Series. And it's been a long time coming, right? We, we hope in a lot of things. We're obviously hoping that this pandemic will end soon, but we don't know when that will be, right? Because hope is wishful thinking. Hope is not a certainty in our everyday language. But as Christians, when we say we have hope in Christ, because we have faith in Christ, we know that hope is a certainty. We know that hope is something that we can be sure of. We hope in Christ. We hope that he is working for our good, and we are certain of that. Obviously, we hope that we are forgiven and we are children of God, and we are certain of that. We hope for eternal life and the home in heaven that he has prepared for us. And again, we are certain of these things because we have faith in a resurrected Savior. Christ died the death that we deserve, but Christ also rose again from the dead. And that is such a beautiful thing. And I hope today, this Sunday morning, this Easter Sunday, this Resurrection Sunday, I hope and I pray and I trust that as we think about who Christ is, all that he has done, as we think about his death and his resurrection, I pray and I trust that we will say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Thank you that you rose again from the dead. Thank you that you have changed our lives. As we think about these things, let us praise him, let us worship him, and let us live a life of gratefulness. Let us, let us live a life of service to him as we live for his glory every day. As we say, for to me, now to live is Christ and to die is gain. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again, for you are 